0: The Raptors are finally back in Toronto after 18 long months apart from the city. The last time they were here, they played a Utah Jazz going strong in the Western Conference. Rudy Rudy Gobert showed off his mental prowess, uh, licking all the microphones to prove that COVID wasn't indeed an infectious virus. But the Raptors emerged victorious, of course, with a very, very experienced roster. And at the time, with a 46 to 18 record, a team that looked like it really wanted to go back to back with Kawhi. But that, of course, is all in the past. They opened tonight in the six against Washington with a brand new team, a new style of team. All six foot seven to six foot nine players, the majority of the squad, of course. But, Viral, to discuss it with me, um, you're just gonna drop in some nuggets of wisdom. That's what the listeners have missed over the last few months or so it's been a quiet off season apart from the Kyle Lowry trade and we hope you enjoyed that episode but Moral talk to me what are we saying about Toronto this season
1: what a season for us to go into I mean thank god like you said we're back in Toronto we even had Drake on the airwaves in the pre-season feels like things are back to normal for this team somewhat um you know we've had we've had a nice rest you know we've recuperated we've (laughs) <laughs> we've improved our Raptors knowledge even further that's all we were furiously
0: working on in the past six weeks I mean Vral do you want to remind probably the listeners we did some external research on one of our new signings of course we we even paid a trip to his home country
1: oh absolutely oh um, yes I mean um unfortunately unfortunately we did not get to um see Goran Dragic face to face but Kamel was talking about our uh, trip to Slovenia, which was really um really beautiful country. We'd recommend it to everyone. But uh we were following the trail closely. We were hounding the the streets of Slovenia to ask about Goran Dragic's whereabouts, but they all seemed to want to talk about Luka Doncic instead. And so uh we were informed actually that Luka and uh, Goran had both visited the capital city. I think a couple of days before we arrived, Camille. So yeah, we, not long, missed, it's not long at all. We just missed both of them, but um yeah I mean let's call it let's put it under you know journalistic expenses that trip we had to Slovenia but um, Um,
0: of course of course my boss is listening but um, let's move (laughs) strictly on actually what happens is uh, Dragic does have his own specific sponsored court in the middle of Tivoli Park in Ljubljana and I was able to visit that on the last day Mm -hmm. um, really showing what impact he's, he's also had on his city of course his Raptors career didn't start too well he didn't endear himself to the fans too much saying perhaps he had more ambition than to join a rebuilding side like Toronto now that's never going to go down well he's since apologised for that he's since shown up in pre-season with a great attitude um, and he's gone from going from a guy you're sort of looking to cut or buy out to maybe someone who can be a very valuable flip at the trade deadline uh, but we'll go into Dragic a little bit later um, I want to talk mainly and I think the fans really want to know about Scotty Barnes the episode we did about him a few months ago straight after the draft I think it's fair to say we were both fairly confused we were both uh, doubting the choice a little bit maybe I don't speak for you maybe you knew Scotty Barnes had this in him all along but what Masai Ujiri seems to have drafted is a 6 foot 7 point guard uh, well playmaking 4 who has all the potential in the world to go all NBA defense to be a great scoring machine to be brilliant in the half half court and transition and he's only 20 years old and this is going into his first season so Scotty Barnes, initially were you so hot on him? I don't I can't recall from that episode if you were going for Suggs or Barnes. Um
1: I you know what, Camille? I think in our we had one episode where we discussed where we thought like the top five or six would fall. I don't think we actually discussed Scotty Barnes. No, That's
0: we thought we put Kuminga, we put Kaminga ahead of him, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well we put one or two ahead of him. Um but when the when the uh, pick actually happened, well, yeah, the reason we didn't discuss it, we just didn't think he was really in the conversation. Um But yeah, um, when the pick actually happened, I I do remember I was... um, uh, I I believe I partook, sorry, in some sobering commentary because I actually thought, you know what? Um, Not a bad pick because it's it's in the mold of player that we've really liked as a franchise in the past couple of years. So, um, yeah, I did understand, right, somebody with a little bit more um, shooting is perhaps... somebody a little bit more flashy is perhaps what we as fans were hoping for when the pick was originally uh, made. So, Sugs so obviously fill that category, but this is a team that wants fifteen players all to be six foot nine and athletic. And it's uh, true. I
0: mean, like, like we, like I said at the start of the episode, it's it's become more than a meme. Twelve of those fifteen players remaining are between six seven and six nine. It's it's a very rare trait in a squad, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, he. I I think he showed so much potential: the playmaking, ball handling, um, defensive prowess. I think basically all of our roster. I, you can probably point to and say, yeah, they have those characteristics and some of them have, um, you know, shot making as complementary pieces to their game. But yeah, we seem to be, it's almost like we're part of this revolutionary phase, kamel because I think it is revolutionary what the Raptors have tried to build this year. And so we'll have to see how this experiment works out. Um, I want to see, you know what, Camille? I've seen, okay, with Scotty Barnes, okay, he wasn't knocking down the three in the preseason, but he was doing everything else pretty well, like you mentioned. What I'd like to see is, once um, we actually have, goodness me, I'm actually forgetting his name. Who's our six foot nine star power forward, Camille? Is it uh, in-
0: Pascal Siaka?
1: Mr. Pascal. Um, let's see how this team looks when he comes back because his his presence in that paint area that that's you know where he gets his points in that low block in the post, um, especially on transition as well. So. He's going to prevent the likes of Scotty Barnes, the likes of OG Ananobi, as we know, like OG also likes to post up as well. Um, he's going to prevent those guys from, let's say, making the most of what their strengths are, you know? So when he comes back into the team, let's see how this team functions, because I still don't think we have quite enough outside shooting this year, despite the uh, developments we've seen from, well, OG has looked obviously on fire from yeah, from the outside, which, Shooting generally, of course, averaging twenty points a game in the preseason. We've seen some leaps from Precious Ochuya from his his t- time in Miami, and this is also something that Goran Dragic himself actually referenced. He said Precious Ochuya wasn't allowed to develop or showcase certain other aspects of his game that he's now being allowed to um, display here in Toronto. So Precious looks like he's maybe picked up an outside shot. Um, of course, we have the likes of you know Malachi Flea and Freddie Van Vliet. Um, These guys can all knock the outside uh, shot. So although some fans aren't quite so down on our ability to shoot, we have, of course, for the past few seasons, Kamel, we have been quite a good three-point shooting team. Mm. I still think it's going to be a little bit of a problem for this team. Uh, Floor spacing, I think, is going to be an issue once we have our starting five. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. How do you think, uh, Kamel, from your perspective, how do you think Pascal's going to
0: integrate uh, into this system when he comes back? Well, I doubt him and Barnes will play many minutes together. I think think they'll definitely share that full position for the reasons you brought up because I mean they did add uh, Mikhailuk and also Sam Decker uh, for outside shooting but again they're they're very much specialists they're not going to be guys you start for any you know 24-36 minutes on the floor they're very guys to come come off the bench give you a couple of quick threes that's it so you've got to play to your strengths Um, and I think we can discuss starting lineups going forward but before that going back to it what the front office has done has is given Nick Nurse complete control of the philosophy of this team and given him the players to do it. Of course, we talk about the size and, and the ability to defend one to five pretty much every player. So the Raptors' style and what we well, what I've observed in preseason, it's very much, uh, if you put it in football terms, a high press. So it's a lot of turnovers on both sides and in, you're getting all most of your points in transition. You want to, with this roster in particular, you don't want to be creating too many half-court offence situations simply because you don't have the offensive firepower to do it. But what you do have is extremely good, long defence, the ability to switch on every player. Uh, We can discuss maybe perhaps lack of a big man later, but the ability to switch on the majority of
1: players,
0: uh, force turnovers, and then, you know, create those 4v3, 3v2 situations. So that's that's an interesting one. And I think uh, we've discussed most of the new players. Um, We've mentioned most of them at least. Uh, Delano Banton, is definitely worth a shout. Definitely. Again, uh, almost in the mold of Scotty Barnes, six foot seven, and he's an actual point guard. He's not a, a point forward like Scotty Barnes came in the draft as. He's a real point guard, and yeah. and he's a difficult character. You know, he's raw at the minute, but he fits into this philosophy very well. Uh, so, what I wanted to ask you is, how you know what's the Raptors' strongest lineup, strongest starting five going into this season? Because when you look at it, it's sort of it's it's not a r- r- roster. Packed with superstar talent, but there is yeah. so much talent, one through 15, I think. Yeah, More than yeah. any other year. So, yeah, what are you going for, one
1: to five? Yeah, definitely. I think this is probably the deepest this team has ever looked. Um, yeah. So you have competent players. You have basically three competent players at each position, which forget the deepest this team's ever looked. This is one of the deepest teams ever. Like, absolutely no exaggeration when I say that. There's not a single player I look at and think, oh, um, like, I don't trust this guy, you know, to play 10, 15 minutes uh, and impactful minutes in any at least regular season game come out um sorry before i talk about you know the starting five because in my mind actually the starting five seems to be fairly you know not straightforward but oh that's a that's something, a... That, something that
0: doesn't appear to be too contentious um i mean i i would heavily disagree there's there's you think so okay so i mean just so um, i me, me, bring me up so, that so back um... let me
1: flip back that, that back to you and then uh yeah well maybe i'll change my opinion
0: but before I give my own I think we'll just go back So we ran a uh, Twitter poll Quite recently And I gave four options For starting five By far the most popular With every Balling in the Six listener Was the following yeah. Van Vliet Gary Trent Jr OG Siakam yeah. And then Birch. Ken Birch yeah. yeah Right it, I see. Is that Is that uncontentious here? Um Just that's The most That's going to be
1: The least contentious Yeah Okay I mean haven't got got in in role. You haven't got Barnes in there You haven't got Scotty Barnes
0: in there Yeah you don't have Scotty Barnes in there You don't but... have Dragic in there But this is, yeah, yeah. You don't. Um, You're missing Boucher. You're missing Precious. I mean, you're right. It's it's really hard to pick a starting five. Very very difficult. Especially because they're all similar. You know, no one no one's a traditional big man here. No one's apart from Dragic and Van Vliet, No one's a small, really. You know, classic point guard. So it's tough. I think um, Kamel. This a lot of
1: what we're going to do next season. I think one of the key key players is going to be Gary Trent. Uh, It's very obvious to say this, but he offers something obviously a little bit different with his. Um, ability to shoot off the dribble again to make the three ball um, and his defense was very very competent on the trailblazers I know it's something that he got criticized for last season perhaps he didn't play with the intensity that we would have liked to see from him on that end um, but if to be honest he was just too inconsistent last year and um uh, he <laughs> he's he didn't fit the team's play style because we're a team we like to play very unselfishly move the ball around and he frankly when the ball gets into his hand he just dribbles too much he dribbles too much he doesn't move the ball on quickly enough his usage rate was actually very very high last year but his um efficiency was pretty low and of course last year he was in a little bit more of a difficult situation he didn't have uh, quite the support that he would have this season with the you know the depth and the talent that we have this year and, fingers crossed the lack of injuries that we're going to have this year but um if he can you know pay more so within this system not you know cut to the basket a set screens like just do a little bit of everything and just try and take you know open uncontested shots without trying too much to create off the dribble i think that's where he's going to see his most success because uh he hasn't quite developed his game enough that he's still 22 he's, he's still young so I think we could see it maybe in a couple of years' time, but he's not at the stage where he's the type of player you want him to be, you know, having eight or nine dribbles and taking then taking a step back three or, um, you know, taking somebody one-on-one in the mid-range uh, and, yeah, you know, shooting contested mid-range jumpers. He's simply not efficient enough currently um, to be doing playing like that. So I think Trent is going to be absolutely... Like, how he plays next year I and mean, whether we're, like, fighting for the top four seeds in the East or whether we're just on those playoff fringes uh, again like we were um, at least during the early period of last year before our injuries
0: yeah it's an interesting one with him as well because you know he in a in a roster that as we've said is lacking perhaps the most in offensive spark he is a guy who will just go and score on his own without yeah. any with, without needing any help so he's very useful in that sense as well you know especially come playoff time and I guess the Raptors this year would be sort of looking at that six seventh eighth seeds, unlike last year when it's pretty much just give up the game you know this year they're really really looking to start climbing back into that playoff hunt especially with uh, some of the eastern teams like Philly not looking too hot at the minute for various reasons so that is uh, I think I think that's that with uh, Gary Trent however I'm not sure he makes my starting five Okay. you know I think you there's been a lot of suggestions that OG should start at the two next to Van Vliet. wow that then leaves space for Barnes and Siakam to play together And then you can fit in one of the more traditional centres like Ken Birch or Precious. So it's a curious one. Does OG have the handles? Does OG have the ability to, you know, knock down shots with that kind of efficiency? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, if there's ever a season to sort of try it out, especially when we've seen the leaps and bounds he's taken, maybe this is it. And, uh, you know, in true Max Kellerman contrasting style, I'm going to go for that as my starting five for this season. And you know what, Camille? Let's say
1: all three of these guys, let's say O.G. Pascal and uh, Scotty, let's say they play well next year. Then if you don't go with that lineup, you're putting yourself in the impossible situation of having to let one of them go.
0: Exactly. No. None of them are going to accept being benched. That's This is no, the thing. No, no, no. They're That's, too good.
1: Too good. Yeah. I mean, even, yes, yeah, Scotty Barnes at this stage, you, you want him to be, like, he'd maybe want to be even starting on a, you know, non-playoff team as opposed to coming off the bench for us um, yep. in terms of his development, you know? Um, but
0: but I mean, in any sense, with the starting five, as we said before, you trust any of the roster one to fifteen to you know be playing twenty plus minutes a night. So the starting five aren't necessarily going to be playing you know thirty five plus so anyway. You know it just depends situation. You know we haven't even mentioned you know uh, Isaac Bonga. We haven't mentioned yeah, or yeah. Justin Champagne, who who impressed in preseason quite a lot actually. Yeah. Uh, especially his rebounding ability. Yeah. So it's it's a ma- so he's got a massive arsenal on his hands. So I'm I'm quite excited. I'm quite excited. And um I guess just to round off, um. I said lower playoff seats uh do you have more or less hope for this Raptors roster this going into this year
1: yeah um extremely difficult I think this is last year this east was the strongest this looked in you know 10 15 years um this year if again we didn't have this rubbish with Philadelphia going on again you'd say it's e- looking equally strong if not stronger um because you know you, you have the likes of the Celtics who, because they've got young stars in their team they should be getting better and better every year um, obviously the nets and the box look fantastic you've got you know what Chicago looking very very dangerous this year um, let's have a think we have the likes of the Hawks who obviously got to the conference finals last year too so to say oh yes we feel confident enough to put Toronto above them would perhaps be slightly uh, overconfident um, who else are we
0: considering as um, potential contenders in these Kamal Who's come in? I mean, I, I don't know what you think of Washington this year. No, no, come off it. No? I'm like, is that, no, is that no. too far? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
1: think...
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, those kind of teams haven't really... Im- Orlando haven't really improved, uh, neither have Cleveland. Um, so you've got those bottom-feeder teams that always pop up the bottom of the East. The Pacers, obviously, every year end up, well... Something- Falling off a cliff.
1: <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll make their way into the top six. And they're a team that I always respect, but. the they always get overlooked pre-season because they? they're just, you know, they're not very sexy, are they?
0: Yeah, they're not the most exciting team.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, five or six seed. Um, oh, of yeah. course we have the Heat as well, don't we? We have the Heat. yeah. Did you, you
0: mention the Bulls already? Yeah, I mentioned
1: the Bulls. The yeah. Heat are a very interesting team. We'll probably discuss them in a future episode. But again, after how disappointing they were last year, and with Lowry now going there this year, we they would probably internally be thinking to themselves, "Yeah, we we can definitely challenge these big boys like we did our uh, two years ago." Um, but I think for the Raptors, yeah, I'd be very happy if we got to the sixth seed. And I would be unhappy if we actually ended up dropping any lower than that. So somewhere around six.
0: Well, these first few games are a, will be a great indicator of how they mean to go on, whether a buyer or a seller at the deadline. I should-be, I would say, a must-win at home against Washington today. But then you've got to go to Boston, and you've got to host Dallas and Chicago, who, of course, as we say, are probably top five seeds in either conference. Uh, and then you've got a couple of games against Indiana, which sandwiches... Uh, Again, another sort of must-win Orlando fixture. So we'll see the direction very soon. But for now, we can sort of give off some cautious optimism here in this camp. Very, very different to last season. Or so we hope. Varel, it's been great to uh, host once again. I've missed this. It's it's been a long time. And uh, the only thing
1: I'm hoping for, forget wins and losses. I just hope we don't get the spate of injuries that we got like last season. And it'll be great, obviously, to be playing regular season games in Toronto again. Exactly. The fans
0: deserve it more than anyone. We'll see you next week.
1: Take care, everyone.